It's a Minimalist Monday edition and the big 150th episode of Optimal Living Daily, the tweet that changed my life by Joshua Fields Milburn of TheMinimalist.com. Get ready to maximize your potential with Optimal Living Daily, the podcast that brings you the best in personal development and productivity every day of the week. Your optimal life awaits. Now here's your host, Justin Mollick. What is up, oldies? Welcome to Old or OLD or Optimal Living Daily. And I'm Justin Mollick, the guy who hand wrote a letter to the minimalists to get in touch with them. And for today's Minimalist Monday, I'm bringing you a post from them, the minimalists, or specifically Joshua Fields Milburn of the minimalists. They're actually now on tour promoting their film, and I'll be seeing them and the documentary this month. So I'm really excited about that. And maybe I'll see you there. And if you want to see the trailer and find out how you can see the film, check out minimalismfilm.com. And in honor of that, I'm going to read a post that is more of Joshua's story rather than typical actionable tips and practical kind of stuff that I tend to read here on the show. I really enjoy his stories and writing style, and this one is no different. It's great to hear how he went from working something like 80 hours a week and being in debt to doing his own thing and living a minimalistic lifestyle. So let's get right to Joshua's post and start optimizing your life. The Tweet That Changed My Life by Joshua Fields Milburn of TheMinimalist.com I never asked for this. I stumbled into minimalism serendipitously, haphazardly, not knowing what I was looking for. The year was 2009, early autumn. As the leaves resisted their change in color, my dying mother resisted the division of cancer cells in her body. But they metastasized beyond her lungs to other vital organs and, eventually, her brain. A month after she passed, my marriage ended abruptly, and I didn't know which way was up anymore. All I knew was that I wasn't happy. I had worked unimaginably hard for more than a decade, chasing happiness around every bend, but the faster I ran, the further away it was. As my 20s twilighted, I went searching for answers, looking for anything to help me figure it all out. At that point, any answer would have sufficed. Then in November 2009, a single tweet changed my life. Someone I followed on Twitter which I hadn't used much up to that point, shared a link to a video from a young Midwesterner named Colin Wright. Don't ask me why, but for some reason, I felt compelled to click the link. Colin had an interesting story. He too had been unhappy with the status quo, tired of slaving 70 plus hours a week as a faceless cog in the wheel. But unlike me, Colin had taken action to rid himself of his discontent. He'd walked away from his career and decided he could work for himself. He decided he could pursue his passions, traveling the world while making less money. He said this transition was easy for him because he was a quote-unquote minimalist. I didn't have a clue what minimalism was, and I certainly didn't have the desire to leave Ohio and travel around the world as a peripatetic writer, but when I heard him talk about his newfound freedom, how minimalism allowed him to focus on the most important things in his life, I immediately said, I'm in. I spent the next eight months simplifying my life, shedding the vast majority of my material possessions, though it wasn't always easy. As the saying goes, the things we own end up owning us. Over time, we become our things. Our possessions become a part of us, part of our identity. But I didn't let that stop me. I knew a more meaningful life was out there, so I kept simplifying, questioning my stuff, forcing myself to give less meaning to my things and more meaning to my health, my relationships, and the most important areas of my life. By the time the summer of 2010 arrived, I drastically simplified the way I live. I was still working 70 hours a week, but I had more time to focus on my passion, writing literary fiction. Since I was 22, I'd wanted to write fiction. 
For me, literature did something magical that no other art form could do. It allowed an exchange of consciousness between the author and his characters and the reader. I was spellbound by this exchange. It created an emotional resonance that made me want to participate, to create, to write. So at 22, I started tinkering around with fiction, writing whenever I could, whenever a free moment presented itself, cobbling together stories of lives far more interesting than the banality of my own corporate-driven existence. In June 2010, a year before I turned 30, I decided to take a week off work and stay with a friend in Brooklyn, a week in which I planned to sort through things and determine the right direction for my life. A day before I left Ohio, I saw another tweet from Colin. He was back in the States for two months, and he wanted to know if anyone had a smartphone he could use. I did. He asked me to mail it to New York City, where he'd be for the next week. Hey, I thought, I'll be in New York too. Let's do lunch. It just so happened that Colin was starting an indie publishing company, an early iteration of Asymmetrical Press, and I wanted some advice about publishing my fiction. I'd been writing for seven years, and I'd become quite good at it, but All I had to show for it was a two-inch thick stack of rejection letters from scads of literary agents. In New York, Colin and I had lunch. He liked my writing, and so he offered me an idea. He said I should start a blog and see what happens. I dismissed this idea at first. I was completely ignorant to the whole nonfiction genre. So I sat on the idea, not paying it much mind at first. Then in October 2010, a year after my mother died, my best friend Ryan began noticing a marked difference in my attitude. For the first time in a long time, I was happy. Life wasn't perfect, and I still wanted to change a shed load, but I was happy, and it showed. I shared with him what I'd done over the last year to simplify my life, showing him Colin's blog, as well as some interesting insights from Leo Babauta, Joshua Becker, Courtney Carver, and others. Just as I had a year earlier, Ryan unearthed the freedom that minimalism brought to his life. Together, we were able to sculpt an interesting story from our newfound, purpose-driven lives. He understood I was passionate about writing, and I knew he was passionate about helping people change, so we decided to document our journey into minimalism online, adding value to other people's lives. The rest is history, as it were, although that history is the most exciting part. Clueless and fumble-prone, we launched this website, The Minimalists, on December 14th, 2010. Over the next year, something astonishing occurred. People actually found value in our words, so they shared our essays with their friends and loved ones. Our site grew, and thanks to some incredibly kind people, we were featured all over the web. We left our six-figure corporate jobs and published four books, including my first fiction book, all four of which received phenomenal praise and ended up becoming bestsellers. And now, even though I don't have a college degree, I'm teaching an online writing class to help people who want to learn from my years of writing experience. Most important, Ryan and I have been able to contribute beyond ourselves. Minimalism has allowed us to shed the excess so we can live intentionally and contribute to others in a meaningful way. And that is the most fulfilling part of this entire journey. All this, the result of a single tweet. You never know what small decision will lead to great change. I can't imagine what my life would be like if I hadn't leapt down the rabbit hole that day. You just listened to the post titled, The Tweet That Changed My Life by Joshua Fields Milburn of TheMinimalist.com. So cool to hear that story. And he actually read his own story, a different one, right here on the podcast for the special week of the 100th episode. And if you're new here, then you probably haven't heard it. It was a full week where I had authors read their own content to you instead of me. And Joshua was one of the first of those episodes. And it's a really touching story. So just a warning, it is a tearjerker. So if you're in the mood for a special story, definitely check out episode 101 and you'll hear Joshua read the story to you. And again, you can see the minimalists in your area because they're on tour right now. 
In fact, yesterday they were in Dallas, and tomorrow they're in Dayton, Ohio. And you can also check out their film that they're promoting over at minimalismfilm.com. I'll be seeing it very soon, and it's going to be awesome because so many of the authors that I read right here on the podcast are in the movie, which is sweet. Anyway, I think that's enough for today, so have a wonderful start to your week, and I'll catch you tomorrow where your optimal life awaits. Hey, this is Dan from the Optimal Finance Daily Podcast, which is a lot like this show, except more focused on personal finance. Justin handpicks the best posts he can find from blogs and authors like Ramit Sethi, Mr. Money Mustache, and more, and I read them to you five days a week. So if you enjoy this podcast, come on over and subscribe to Optimal Finance Daily too. And together, we'll optimize your financial life. You've been listening to Optimal Living Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your optimal life awaits.